When it comes to hunting boots, how many pairs does one man need? Well, how many seasons are there? Turkey season? Deer season? Duck season? Dove season? Honey, how many pairs of boots does one man need? At least one more pair. For just about everything for hunting, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Larry Potterfield with Midway USA. Thanks for your business. Hunting is not easy. It never has been. It takes dedication, motivation, a lot of patience, and quality gear. If you manage a food plot, put up stands, or need just one more game camera, we can help at MidwayUSA.com. We opened our doors in 1977 and continue to put customers first by offering super fast, same day shipping. For just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Hey, I just got back from lunch. Did you finish that report yet? Uh, well, not exactly. I'm still working on it. I'm not finished just yet. Uh, I got a little sidetracked, but I will get them to you first thing this afternoon. <laughs> it is first thing this afternoon. Well, yeah, I, I understand that, but I mean, I, I am working on it. But I'll have, I'll what do you mean that the report isn't finished yet? I'm, I'm still in the process of working on it. I've just been a little distracted. T- distracted? Our meeting starts in an hour. Have it. You, you no no. What were you doing? Were you listening to another hunting podcast again? I swear, I give the staff in this office the freedom to do whatever they want to do as long as they meet a deadline. That is the first bullet underneath your job description. Pays attention to detail and deadline and deadline. Dude, are you even listening to me right now? Welcome to episode 56 of the Whitetail Distraction Podcast. My name's Austin, and joining me in the rack shack is nobody. It's just me. We forgot to record an intro before we did this uh, this podcast. We forgot to record one after, so yeah, it's just me. This is a really fun episode, though, guys. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. It's a repeat guest, Garrett Benner, the modern assassin. Make sure you guys go check him out. And his buddy, Captain Nick Mather, the working class outdoorsman. Those two have teamed up, and they put together... An awesome thing. The bow fishing is absolutely incredible. The content that's coming through, they have a really big giveaway that they're doing right now. Make sure you guys listen to the episode. You'll get the details. It's all in there. Make sure you go and check out both of their pages, at The Modern Assassin and at The Working Class Outdoorsman. You can find out all the details there. Give them some love while you're over there. Hit them up. Tell them hi. Tell them you want to book a bow fishing trip. I mean, check it out. Check out Garrett's new podcast. Kills it. It's awesome. I mean, it's him being raw, real, no bullshit, just like he is. Now, this is an explicit episode. It always is with Garrett. It always is with a few of our guests. It's awesome. Just let it go. Just giving you a fair warning. Here we go. We're getting into it. All right, guys. On the phone with us tonight, we have a special guest who went and did a little bit of a Forrest Gump and bought him a boat, (laughs) Mr. Captain Nick Mathers. But just like Forrest Gump, everyone has to have a good first mate. We don't have Lieutenant Dan on the phone, but we do have returning guest, the modern assassin, Garrett Benner. Boys, I know you're not shrimping out there, but what's going on? Welcome to the show. What's going on? What's cracking? Hey, if we, we find shrimp big enough, we'll stick an arrow in them, too. Be <laughs> <rock>. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine bow fishing for shrimp? <laughs> and if they got a record, we'll break it. <laughs> 
I like it. <laughs> Gentlemen, we That's brought right. you on the show today because uh, obviously we love you guys. We love what you do, and we've been following along for a little while. And uh, I just felt like you boys had something to talk about over there from Maryland. Uh, you know, so why don't we get into it, Garrett? You've been on the show before, but Nick, this is your time to shine, my man. Let's uh, let's get into who you are and maybe a little background, if you don't mind, brother. Well, my name's Nick, and uh, big outdoorsman since I was a little kid. My uh, my dad started me in this, and he since doesn't do it anymore. Moved up here to Moncton. I don't know how long ago was that. Probably eleven years ago, two thousand eleven. So ten years ago, nine years ago, and. Always wanted to go bow fishing, and Garrett here has a boat, obviously, and I met him through another buddy, and he said, you want to go out? And I said, yeah, I want to go out. We went out, and that ruined the whole life. <laughs> I warned him. Fair, fair warning. I warned him. I told you. I said, this is going to fuck up everything else you do. You will be addicted. So just letting you know right now. And the, and the worst part was, I was a badass fisherman. Like, if it swam, I called it. Now, I suck at fishing. Yeah. I gotta have a bow in my hand, you know? Yeah, you do just do your but, fish in a little different way. That's exactly. All. Why wait for them to bite when you enforce feed them? But, I mean, <laughs> to Nick's credit, you know, that's one of the things, um, people talk about. Cause it really was only a few years back that three years ago is when yeah, I went we, out with you for the first yeah, time. Boat fishing. Went out on my boat. He missed 90 some fish and then hit one little catfish right at the end of the night. 98 fish. <laughs> 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 you know, gotta keep them percentages high. <laughs> yeah, one out of ninety-eight. That ain't so bad. <laughs> and um, you know, and then I decided I was building a deck for my boat, redoing the deck, and the the deck that came with my boat when I purchased it, it actually fit on Nick's boat <laughs> better than it ever fit for mine that it was built for. It, it was kind of funny, actually. And like Nick said, you know, he, he had always been just a diehard fisherman. And, um, yeah, you may not have been bow fishing for a long time, but this motherfucker knows the water and pretty much anything that swims. And, uh, that, that addiction and that level of attention that it takes to be, you know, a, a, a top fisherman like that, it ain't no different what it, what he brings aboard when it becomes bow fishing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that yeah. relating a lot. I mean, knowing the water, knowing your fish, uh, really all you did was just change the species, you know, start targeting yeah. different fish at different times in different places, but you're still figuring them out. You're still figuring the water out. Absolutely. There's aspects <laughs> of hunting to it. You know, we got, we got to look at the wind. We got to look at the tides. We got to look at the weather. You got to know what the, the previous weather was like, what, what the weather was like upstream. Yeah. Because, you know, it may not rain here, but if it rained upstream of where we are, you know, water quality could be shit. So there, there's plenty of factors that, that play into being successful every night. Yeah, so like two years ago, my first year I went out with Garrett, I guess a couple times, three or four times we probably went out. And um, the next year we put that deck on and I just went out and did it. Garrett came out a few times with me, but for the most part I was doing it by myself. You know, I'd call him and be like, dude. I can't find any fish. What do I do? Like, <laughs> I can't find them anywhere. You know, we talked through it. And as we started doing that, we really started paying attention to the tides, the weather, the moon, everything. And um, that's why we kill piles, because we really pay attention to that stuff. And it makes a big difference. Like, we know where the fish are going to be any given night, depending on the tide, the wind, anything. So that's at 2 awesome. in the morning, we got to go, because them fish are on that flat now. Yeah, man. When uh, what what kind of fish are you targeting in general? Like, what's your what's your top top fish you're shooting every night? 
Well, we'd like to kill snakeheads. Yeah, Ooh, that's snakeheads. Snakeheads snake the target for for most trips. For that's sure. what we're uh, known for, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. killing a lot of snakes. They're super cool fish too. I mean, the pattern on them is just unreal. It's unlike anything else. It's that's... almost like a deer, though. You can you can pattern these things and and figure them out, and then the next night you don't you go out and they're gone. It's like really what? that's crazy. Yeah, man. you think you got them pegged down, and then all of a sudden it's like, well. Shit, that went out the window. <laughs> yeah. So is that you, just they're moving the a lot, same, or, or do they actually get, like, the, pressured? You could shoot the same flat three nights in a row and see a couple hundred snakeheads and then go back the next night and not see one and with better conditions. It's it's crazy. Huh. That is wild. When uh, When's a snakehead rut? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's what's crazy about it is it's, we, we've determined that it's pretty much any time the water's above, like, 50 degrees. No shit. Um, I was just joking. That's funny. They, yeah, they yeah. spawn every fifty days. Yeah, they <laughs> so yeah. That's as I said, they can spawn almost three times a summer. Some of them or three times a year. But we really think that it's it's not like a a rut or a normal fish spawn where it is at that time or that temperature. It's more so, I think. The fish maturity. Yep. And because they're constantly spawning, it's almost like there's constantly some breeding. You do have bursts where all of a sudden you do notice a lot of them pairing up and you notice a lot of fry balls and, and, and you notice the different behaviors that you know that they're, that they're spawning. But it's like there's some doing that at all times. It's hmm. not just, you know, a specific time. That, that's why right. they're just, so prolific and you know they can have up to three hundred thousand babies a year so Holy one female shit. she matures a, a year and a half to two years and she can have up to three thousand three hundred thousand babies so just i can think about if ten percent yeah. of them live think about how many fish are still out there i was just gonna say i can see the need for for killing them and you know doing it in large numbers because otherwise i mean there'd be nothing out there but snakeheads i hope that's what happens <laughs> <laughs> If we have anything to say about it, we're we're going to keep killing them large numbers, you know. And it's we don't know what's going to happen here. This is um, where we are. The snakeheads are fairly new. Some of that Nick started with me and went out three or four times. We saw a snakehead one night and knew what it was. It was very clear what it was. That was the only one I had seen that summer out of hundreds, hundreds of hours out there. No, we did was stare at it. We <laughs> yeah, we're like, is that, uh, and then they just dropped down. We're like, son of a bitch. Damn it. But, so we went from snakeheads being a rumor to seeing one throughout an entire summer to Nick and I killing four the very first night we went out the next year. And that was probably one of the first times everybody in you killed one. Yeah. I mean, it was unheard of. We never heard of anybody killing one or catching one. Nobody realized when when we first started killing them, no one thought we were killing them where we were. Everyone thought we were uh, further south in different rivers and everything else. We we were really the first ones. We were the first ones to get our hair up our ass and go out and start shooting shit that early when conditions weren't great and it was still cold. So, therefore, we were the first to stumble across them, too, if that makes sense. But... It's funny, you know, we went in and I was skipping a couple spots that we would normally fish 
And I just kept going back. I said, dude, if there's snakeheads here, I know where they're going to be. And we rolled right up into a pod of them and just, we, I mean, we were almost dumbfounded. We killed two out of it and we, we just looked at each other like, holy shit, they, they're here. So I know nothing about snakehead fish, let's be honest. Um, are they freshwater or saltwater? They're freshwater? They're freshwater. Everything. They're everything. They prefer freshwater. Okay. Oh, really? So, so you're up in rivers. Spawn, the water needs to be fresh. They won't spawn if the water's brackish, real brackish. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you guys have bowfin over there? Because they kind of look like a snakehead. We do. Do you Not have a many, mix of them? Do. or They are very, I mean, in the water and all even, yeah. They look very close. If you took a bowfin and mixed it with a creature from a movie, that's a snakehead. You <laughs> okay. can make it live on land, fucking eat birds and all kinds of crazy shit. They got six rows of teeth that go down their throat. You can't put your finger in their gills to hold them. If you put your finger all the way in the gill, they'll slice you. Oh, Yeah, they're just voracious predators. Anything that they get in their mouth, uh, it ain't, ain't getting out. Hmm. So is there something out there, is there a species, since they moved in and numbers have gotten huge, is there something that they're eating a lot of that is concerning? Oh, the snakehead? Yeah, yeah it's, 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 um, it's a problem that is beyond control, if right. we put it. That there, there's no turning back at this point. Thankfully, I, as I was kind of getting to, and then I got off track, as I do quite a lot, I was saying the Susquehanna area where we are, it's this, they're new. So we're not exactly sure where we are. It's a very unique environment. The Susquehanna Flats, you guys have probably even heard of it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, everybody about has. And, and it's a very unique environment and situation the way the, the rivers meet the upper bay and everything. There are other places in Maryland, uh, especially where they were first introduced near the Potomac River, where they've been in there for 15 to 20 years now. So we've been able to see, you know, how the bass populations and perch and everything else, how everything eventually balanced back out. So we can kind of look at that as a model of what may become here. But again, it's, similar and just because it's in the same state and you know close enough distance for the fish to travel doesn't mean it's the same environment and they're, they're going to have kind of the same impact or non-impact so we're not really sure what's going to happen but it's absolutely something that to be in concern with for sure yeah. oh yeah. definitely we have the most grass of anywhere in maryland the upper bay and it's totally different from the potomac potomac has a lot of lily pads and it has a few grass flats but nothing like what we have. I mean, think about it. How many fish you drive over here and you don't see? It's crazy. They, right. they can hide so well. You might you might never see them. Hmm. That is pretty wild. You have two seconds to shoot them, and if he gets in that grass, he's gone. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, they look like camouflage, too, so they got to be hard to see anyway. Funny part is they stick out. It, <laughs> yes, it's really? weird. Some of them, it's like, <clears throat> some of them, the pattern is so defined and so colorful they're like a beacon. Like, it's just like, bam, in your face. Wow. Other ones, I mean, other ones are one of the best spots, actually, to kill snakeheads is toward the back of the boat. Because, you know, everybody wants to be up front, obviously. But toward the back is the best place to kill snakeheads. 
because you get to see them at that side angle instead of just the top view. Yeah. And you get to see sections of the water longer. So some of them, yeah, they'll stick out. I mean, it, it's no no question what it is. And some of them, I mean, it's not until you pass them or maybe that they move. And it's like you may be looking at that exact spot and you don't see it until one moves. You're just staring at his head while his head's poking out of the grass and you're like, is that an eyeball? <laughs> now, do they have any predators? Nothing. Each other. Nothing's when, really when eating they're them? Small, each other. they eat each other, and that's yeah. about it. Oh, come on. So you guys are the oh, predators. Oh, bald eagles and shit, too. Yeah, the but, birds yeah. are probably their biggest predator. Because yeah. they're, they're surface fish at night. They sleep towards the top because they got to breathe air. And, and since they come up to breathe air during the day, and they feed on a ton of top water, you know, they're constantly giving away their location to birds. Okay. Wow. That makes sense. And, I mean, them fish will be in two inches of water during the day. They'll sit right up on the bank. Spins out of the water and everything. We've we've literally seen some where the tide has gone out and they are laying on wet weeds with wet weeds kind of draped down over top of them and they're just laying on the ground in wet weeds just completely exposed to come back to them. Wow. I've seen them sit on top of lily pads out of the water completely and they'll little they'll do a little hop right off the lily pad back down into the water. It's funny. And they're just fine doing like that. This seems like a Dr. Seuss fish. Like, <laughs> shit doesn't they're, make any they're, sense. They're crazy. They are kind of unreal. I mean, they, they really... And then to top it all off, they are the best eating fish that you will get out of fresh water. No <laughs> shit. Wow. Absolutely. That's no a doubt, statement. Dude. So um, what are you comparing you know, them to? Yeah, what do they taste like? What's the texture? And you're the fish, man. You ever had a cobia? No. I haven't had a cobia, no. Mm. What's your favorite fish to eat? Probably walleye. It's way better than walleye. And walleye is good, but it's walleye. way better than walleye. I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 a pan it's a very, fish guy. It's like a very perch. firm white meat. I mean, it doesn't get any firmer for a freshwater fish. Okay. 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 No bloodline. They're very very clean white. They have like a, a short line of bones right at the front. You can just cut them right out, and they're phenomenal. Huh. That's we awesome. get a lot of money for them, man. We get we get up to twelve bucks a pound through the local restaurants. Here. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, we because we can provide good fish, completely fresh. I mean, and when I say completely fresh, you know, one of the things about the snakeheads is if you possess them, they have to be dead. Mm-hmm. It used to be if you caught one at all, you couldn't even release it. You had to kill it on the spot. Oh. But now they've become kind of so prolific that it's like, yeah, we're not getting rid of them. You're allowed to catch and release, uh, or if you possess it, you have to kill it on the spot. But we can bring them, we, we get them to the market, you know, before the sun even comes up. Damn, yeah, man. That's, that's awesome. legit. You fuckers are just going to have to come down and shoot some and find out what they taste like. Well, I'm glad you said it first because uh, I was going to wait a whole podcast and then suggest it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, when this thing's over, we'll get you in the book. I, I may know a guy. <laughs> I may know a guy. It's good to know people. It, it helps. Oh, yeah. man. That'd be well, awesome. That's awesome, man. I, I, I'm a big fan of fish. Love fi- We eat a lot of fish around here. A lot of walleye, a lot of bass, perch, bluegill. You know, it's... That's what we do. You want to know a fun Nick fact? Nick doesn't eat fish. <laughs> Nick doesn't really? eat fish? Come on, man. What's going not. on? I was a commercial waterman pretty much my whole life. So I guess two years before I got out of high school, I got my own commercial license. My grandfather passed away, and uh, he left me a little bit of money. It's not a lot of money, but it was enough money to get. I bought a 42-foot work boat and commercial crabbing license, and that's what I did for five years. And 
that's how I learned the water, really. I mean, I learned a lot in them five years of just being on the water. Yeah. You invested in an uh, apple company, a fruit company, too, just like Forrest Gump. What was that? Come on, guys. Forrest Gump reference. (laughs) I said, did you invest in a fruit company? (laughs) Go ahead. I'm uh, sorry. I sold sold the workboat in, I think, 2012. I sold the workboat and my commercial license. Probably the dumbest thing I ever did. I should have kept it. And I got out of crabbing. I just didn't like doing it anymore. It was a lot of work, no money. And started fishing more and more and more and then I met this fucker over here sitting next to me and he cost me $110,000 in a matter of six months. I warned you, bro. I warned you, you know. Well, it seems like... And we uh, built the power plant. I was going to say, it seems like with this new venture you guys got going on, I don't even know if we threw the name out there yet, the working class outdoorsman, uh, that you may be able to recapture a little bit of what Garrett owes you. (laughs) Maybe one day. He helps me out a lot. I That's give him awesome. a lot of credit. I don't take any of his credit from him. You know, he showed me the rope, and I still call him every. I call him every, almost every time I'm out on the water. What do you think about this idea? Look, pull up your map and look at this. What do you think? You think I'm thinking right? He'd be like, "Yeah, it looks sweet," and uh, we'll go over there and try it, and then I'll give him a sometimes call. Sometimes we're right, sometimes yeah. we're wrong. I mean, there's a lot of nights, nice and and that's one thing about me is I know where the fish are. But every night I go somewhere where I don't know where any fish are, and we yeah. try something new every night, every yeah. night. You know what? That's how you learn the water, man. That's how you find your spots. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And that's usually how we start our night. We know where we can go kill fish. Let's go find out. Maybe we can go kill fish in a different spot. Maybe we get there and find out, dude. This spot would be dope a month earlier before the grasses pop or before this. Or oh, dude, we got to come back here on a high tide. Right? Yeah, a lot of it's bigger than tide, you know, and. You just never know until until you get out and do it, especially, um, you know, Nick ain't afraid to burn fuel, let me tell you. I mean, <laughs> some nights we get on the boat and we don't even fire up the motor where, where we'll drop the boat in, you know. We just drop the troll motor and in a few minutes we're fishing. And other times, you know, people think we, we just hang around in the same spots, but we, we may burn 30 miles to go check something new if we want, you know. The boat's yeah, big enough to do it, and we utilize it. So where we're at, the boat ramps are so far apart, and you got to pay so many tolls. They kill your own toll. So we just dropped the boat in Haverty Grace, and we might go 35 miles. Everybody's like, oh, we know where you're fishing. Fine. Thank it. Yeah, just <laughs> the hell you do. And, uh, <laughs> it, it's cost us a few props, but, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> more, than a, more than a few props. We went through some props. <laughs> Put it this way. I am an expert at hanging off the back of that boat, <laughs> changing the prop in the middle of the night. Yeah, Nick, Nick doesn't get in the water unless he falls in. That only happened once. <laughs> um, Garrett, that's where I get Garrett back. <laughs> so, I mean, that sounds a lot. You could compare that a lot back to hunting, like you said. It's almost like mobile hunting on public land. You know, it you is. guys are jumping around a lot. You're looking at new spots. You're keeping it fresh, and you know, and it's obviously working for you. And the crazy part is, like, me and Garrett will see a fish, and it'll be a good fish, and we're like, oh, we're coming back to kill this fish, and we might not kill that fish for another week or two, but guess what? We're coming back to kill it. <laughs> we do. You, you, yeah, it's. I mean, I chased that damn grassy for fucking two weeks, and I lost countless hours of sleep and just waking up and going to work to that fish and i finally killed that son of a bitch yeah he we we <laughs> should have killed it but he fucked up with it yeah we rolled right up in that thing head first and we no one was just kind of prepared he was in a different spot but 
it was a fish that no one said existed, or at least in that area. They're like, oh, they ain't around here. And we saw one. We're like, not only is there one here, but the motherfucker's a state record. Yeah, and we got to kill it. And we got to kill it. Yeah. And it wasn't just one. We found a bunch, which is pretty wow. cool. Nobody yeah. knows. Yeah. And and Nick was. I mean, it was every night. I'm, I'm going to kill this grassy. I'm going to kill this grassy. I'm going to kill it. <laughs> and, um, you know, he, he spent, it was, what, 10 days or 12 days? 12 straight. days. 12 straight. days straight. I got the picture of that big some bitch laid across the deck of the boat. And uh, it lost weight before they even got it to the scales, actually, and got things, you know. But, yeah, it's still the state record. That's crazy, man. That's super awesome. Yeah, it was a badass fish, that's for sure. We, I mean, whatever. I'm confident in saying this because I don't give a fuck. Um, (laughs) We killed several state records throughout the summer, and we just didn't have the proper scale. You have to have a specific scale with a specific weight and follow specific instructions, which I 100% agree with. I'm not complaining about how I'm not complaining about this method or the requirements. Let me say that. We just were like, fuck it, throw it in the barrel. Let's get back to shit. And, you know, right. and then we'd be like, dude, that, that one's a fucking hoss. Like we should weigh it. Um, but we didn't have the proper scale and proper weights and follow proper procedure. And I don't even know how many state records we shot. And it was literally like the last like days. five weeks. Yeah. yeah. Four or five weeks. We're like, all right, let's get the scale and let's go out and use what we know in just this last couple of weeks. And how many records does the power plant have now? Six now. Six records. Damn, Damn dude. From the last, yeah, from the last five to six weeks. Uh, you have five weeks of the season, yeah. We shot the state record Goldie four times in one night on the last night. <laughs> and oh. <laughs> I actually shot the state record Goldie in a tournament we were in, and it was a total weight tournament. We just didn't fucking pay attention. But so, like, I mean, we, like I said, we, we killed plenty of state records throughout, and uh, we're going to break, break pretty much whatever's left in all of our own, too. Wow. Dude, good for you, man. Keep going. Keep killing them, man. That's awesome. No doubt. It's the fun part of doing it. Yeah. Now, is that just... And then you have all your haters that just look like that and just sit there and laugh. Yeah. Is that just like bow fishing state records? Is that what it categorizes it as? BAA records, yeah. It's just for bow fishing. Sweet. That's... So, Maryland doesn't take a bow fishing kill for a fish record. Yeah. I mean, I kind of figured that much. But still, yeah. I mean, you're, you're the close. best in the class. And, and, you know, some of them are held by juniors, you know, because, you know, one of the things that putting together what, you know, now that Nick had his captain's license last year and everything, but now that Nick is a captain and he has all the proper licensing and everything to where we can open up to the working class to take out these people to experience this, you know, one of the things we knew, hey, we're, we're going to have to take people of all different skill levels. We're going to have to take people that know how to shoot a bell. We're going to have to take people that don't know how to shoot a bell. We're, we're going to have to take females. We're going to have to take short draw, long draw. We're going to have to take kids, you know, and just kind of figure out what works, what, you know, how to keep it safe, you know, especially how to teach people. So, we brought just kind of a bunch of different demographics out to enjoy, help us break shit and figure shit out, you know, so in the boat. Yeah. So so this way it's a world-class operation when, 
we open it up to, to clientele. Dude, that's awesome. You know what? You did your homework. I'm rooting for you, man. It's going to be good. Yeah, it, we did We did a lot, man. We we brought all kinds of people on board, people that didn't have a clue, people that were great, people in the middle. We took a lot of kids. We took Garrett's nephews out. Yeah. Uh, my buddy at work, because I work full-time for the railroad, too, and do this every night. <laughs> oh, Damn near. You're that's near tough, every man. Night. Damn near. <laughs> but um, we took my uh, best friend that I hired in on the railroad. It's his little girl that shot the mirror carp. That's the youth record. No, I saw that and, one. That um, was badass. Yeah, that was that was awesome. Yeah, we just took so many people out and just wanted to learn it. We wanted to break the boat. We wanted to break shit so we could figure out what was going to break or what we could make better. The boat's actually at Matt Judge's house now and getting a bunch of upgrades and getting it ready for the season. Shout out to Matt Judge. George Problem Bear. child outdoors. He is the man. He is a badass dude. He is a uh, a PA boy. Hey, um, hey, let's go, dude. He he is a fucking savage. He is an awesome deer hunter. He is an awesome bow fisherman. He is a bow fishing bow tech master and the world's greatest electrician. Yeah, I was just gonna say I had not even met the dude, and Nick sent me a picture of the wiring that was going on the boat. I was like, I don't know who's doing that. I don't know what they're charging, but they're worth every fucking penny, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Matt's a, Matt's a really good dude. So when we built the boat, we kind of went over budget a little bit and everybody knows how much wiring costs. So Matt spent his own money and wired that boat because I didn't have enough money to, uh, pay for everything at the time. And he took it out of his own paycheck and wired that boat up. That's a hell of a dude cool. there, yeah, that's man. That's a good dude right there. I mean, yeah, if he, Matt, if Matt works on something for me and I don't take him for granted one bit, but he just buys the shit and he'll be like, this is what you owe me. Whenever you got it, give it to me. Yeah. He's got a great wife, two kids. They're just, they're awesome people. That's, that's awesome. PA what Savage. PA Savage. That's, that's the type we like. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. How'd you get all the equipment? You guys stockpile on, on bows and stuff. So when you bring people on, you can go ahead and hand them a bow and get them all set up. Or how's that work? It's not that bad, really. I mean, you don't yeah. have to do a whole lot. Yeah. Mostly bow fishing bows are pretty well adjustable yeah. as far as uh draw weight a lot of them don't have a draw length right if that makes sense it's a continuous cam to where mm-hmm. you can fire it just about anywhere in between it doesn't really have a draw length back wall and a lot of them therefore don't have a let off or a rollover at any point either some of them do you know for the most part we shoot lever bows and we shoot completely different yeah. I shoot mine pretty much max the fuck out, and I I let go of it right before any let off starts to cam over. Nick likes to have his uh, lighter draw, but he makes sure he full draws through the cycle. Where I just I have this habit of shooting so damn fast when I'm instinctive shooting. The most sexiest form you've ever seen. In life. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny. We were actually watching video earlier, and I do go into this fucking weird-ass pose standing on that rail before I let an arrow rip. It's hilarious. Oh, it is pretty funny. It is pretty funny, let me say. But, you know, I have this way that I shoot. Like, I I don't aim. I, I, I draw back, and before I'm all the way back, I just draw right through, and that arrow's ripping. It's just how I do it. So I have my bow set to me accordingly, and Nick has his bow set accordingly to him you know it's and and we and you can switch and you're just horrible you're just so used <laughs> to i only shoot 25 pounds 
25. Okay, I only shoot 25. Maybe not even 25. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a light draw. Yeah, I know super that. light. Hey, when you're as good as us and you shoot 500 times That's a night, that's what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You've been hard headed, and I got to crank that bitch yeah. up. I can't help it. And it's, was, it's funny how you start out, too, because either Garrett will be on fire or I'll be on fire or vice versa. And it, it's just crazy. You'll go and hit 20 fish in a row, and then you suck the rest of the night. You're just like, <laughs> what in the hell am I doing wrong? And then Garrett will get on fire. And then it'll you'll you'll go through a slow spot where you're not seeing many fish, and then everything just goes to shit. You, you find a pot of fish and you get all excited, and everybody's missing. It's 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 crazy how it works out. Yeah, so that's what makes it fun. And sleep deprivation and yeah. everything else, but it makes it fun. It's it's a challenge. We have a challenge on the boat who kills the biggest fish or the most fish, or you know, you know, you were talking about the different bows. We've tried just about everything out there, and we have broke. Pretty much everything. everything out there. The only bow really that I can think of that I haven't broke is the fin finder. And the Poseidon? Um, yeah, the Poseidon. That's a badass bow and it's a cheap package if anyone wants to get one. But, you know, we just go through everything. So we, we got it, you know, we got it dialed into what, what's going to work for which different people. And, you know, there are certain people that have certain shooting styles to where we will make sure they have a certain type of reel or a certain type of bow. You know, again, it's just we, we've been through the ringer trying with enough people to kind of get shit dialed in. And we're well equipped. We have a little bit of everything. Yeah. yeah Clever bow. Sure. I mean, there's there's even got a couple lefties, you know, for, yeah. for the left-handed shooters to show up, you know. We got 19, 19 bows on board, 12 of them are lever bows, and then we got Cajuns. I mean, lefties I don't really you, count. The, the best product that's on that <laughs> boat right now is the Mega Mouth Reel. That, that made the year so in, like just enjoyable because you didn't have to go out there worrying about breaking anything. I would break a reel a night. Ask Eric. I'd yeah. throw my damn bow in the water. I was getting pissed. <laughs> Every reel I bought would break the first damn night. That's and, intense. Uh, that's after I got good and started hitting stuff. You know what I mean? But... Yeah, the Mega Mouth, dude. I can't. Them guys built a badass product. Honestly, that's a killer up. plug, too. Honestly, yeah. I like, was gonna say while we're talking products and and whatnot, I mean, I noticed a few of yours, uh, Gator Grip as well. Um, you yeah, know, Gator Gator Grip, they're badass, dude. Yeah, I actually, I was just at ATA, um, first time at ATA, and I tell you what, Dave Ramsey from Gator Grip, he is one of the cooler people I've ever met. Period. Not just within the industry or, you know, a guy that has a product. Just straight up, he's one of the coolest dudes I think I've ever met. And he, he's a, a veteran, so, you know, thankful for his service and everything. He's just straight up a bad motherfucker. Absolutely. Um, yep. You know, he's got an awesome product. Yeah, as Nick was saying, the Mega Mouth. We spent, I, I can't even tell you how much money and how much time rebuilding reels and everything. And the Mega Mouth ain't cheap. Garrett I didn't mean, want. Garrett didn't want to do it. He was like, "I'm not spending that kind of money." And I'm because like, "We I'm break gonna, everything. I'm right. going to do it." And I got one. Garrett shot it. He's like, "I want one." So <laughs> I got another one for Garrett. I bought Matt one too. We were actually having a race to see who could break it first, and none of us broke them. Yeah, we, wow. we were intentionally trying to break them through normal use, obviously, not right. trying to, you know, oh, we ran it over with the truck, it broke, fuck this piece <laughs> yeah. No, we're, we're using it straight up, just like the normal stuff that broke and destroyed everything else we tried. And Nick finally broke one. I he was the first one. He finally broke one. We're like, damn, all right, maybe they can't ha handle our shit, you know? 
We broke a $5 replacement park $3. that is made to break so you don't ruin the rest of that's, the region. That's what's up. That's awesome. And it's like a $5 part after shipping. Yeah, it's, sh- oh, it is. Like, it's beautiful, plate. dude. Yeah. It's just a friction plate. And, and the reel doesn't even break. You can still use The reel's not going to let you down. You just don't have that full drag. Like, we lock our drags all the way down. Like, when I click that button, that fish is damn near going to flop back in the boat. You know, that's, <laughs> that's how I like my drag. He ain't going nowhere. And um, we shot rays, and that's when that friction plate finally, it gave in the next night we went to shoot fish. But Garrett put a hurting on some rays with it that day. And he was just manhandling them in. <laughs> I was trying to break it. He was trying, he was trying to break it and, it, and it didn't break while we were out there. Put it this way. I, I shot a big right. That was probably a record ray, actually. Was I bet you that was, just, that was probably a state record ray. And I set the drag down low. And let that thing start take off running. And I anchored myself down. I just looked at Nick. I was like, ready? Cowabunga. And I just spun that drag <laughs> all the way down to tight. And I was like, something's going to break. <laughs> and it just stopped that motherfucker dead in his track. Luckily, it didn't rip me off the boat. It almost right? did. I it almost took me off the boat. Yeah, it was damn close <laughs> to take me off the boat. But it stopped that motherfucker in his tracks. And like I said, I, I just was pulling as hard as I could, just trying to break something. Eventually, through continued use, yeah, a $5 replacement part. I mean, they had already thought, if something's going to break, this is where it's going to be, this contact. So they made it a replacement part. That's killer. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I met Derek uh, at ATA from Mega Mouth, and he he was a badass dude, too, you know. Um, That's one of the coolest things... Anyone that Nick and I work with, personal. Yes, it's personal. We can, even if it's guys, you know, at ATA is the first time I got to meet these guys and actually shake their hands. We have a personal relationship with. We can get on the phone and call them. You know, when we post something, they contact us. They value us. And, you know, these aren't paid sponsorships. What these were is we found the most badass products that work. And therefore, we promote it. You know, it's the same shit I've kind of always done. Mm -hmm. And then Nick and I have just kind of partnered into doing this. And, you know, I've just kind of always done me. And Nick just got so obsessed with it. He decided to take it to the next level of having the most badass boat on the East Coast. A lot of sleepless (laughs) nights designing that, too. Yeah, that's for sure. Six months of calling Garrett 15 times a day. What do you think of this idea? (laughs) I don't don't like it. I'll call you back in an hour. I'm at work, and I I got a better idea already in my head. I I don't think the fucker sleeps. I wake up in the morning, and I got text messages from 3.30 in the morning. Dude, I just figured out the best thing ever. And he's like, call me when you get up. Well, the, these guys know they they oh, they yeah. get sneak peeks of the camo. They got oh, a sneak yeah. peek of the camera arm. Oh yeah, they know all the kind of different crazy shit that I'm wrapped up and involved in, and I just can't stop creating. You know, he uh, he'll create one thing, and the next day he's already got something else he's thinking about. He ain't finished the thing before that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he, man. He, he's funny. Never so, on time either. Yeah. Never, never fucking on time. That's like Garrett, be at the boat ramp at seven thirty. Eight ten rolls around. Where you at? Oh, I'm at Royal Farms. I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> yep. Always That's, waiting on Garrett. In mind out, I have to tear the boat. That yeah. sounds like not me anymore though. <laughs> that was that was my big struggle for the year was uh, not having a truck. So I have a truck, but piece of shit. Yeah, the 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 um the old seven three didn't want to do it. Nah, the heavy uh, boat. Of course, you needed the commons to take care of that bitch. Yeah. 
<laughs> now, I finally got a good deal on a truck at the end of the year and picked that up. So there that you go. A, a blessing. So here's what I'm curious about. You have a $110,000 boat, but you got a piece of shit truck. What's going on there, man? (laughs) (laughs) You are lying. Have you guys seen that fucking truck? (laughs) Yeah. It was pretty bad, man. Like, you couldn't even open the door without almost falling off. You didn't even have a tailgate. (laughs) Oh, man. Like, it's funny because I've had that truck for a long time. And, uh, we would go duck hunting down at Sandy Point, Maryland. It would be cold. We were sea duck hunting. We'd come back and we couldn't get the bitch started. Like, I don't know how many times. It would take like three hours. We'd have to light a fire under the fucking thing to get it to start. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. They were good times. Working class redneck shit. Yeah. Yep. That's how it started. Expensive toys and then, you know, fucking cheap shit. You got to to figure out some redneck shit to get her fired up and started. Dude, my, my first boat came out of a fucking farmer's field that was all grown over called the Lady Rebel. It had a, a little rebel stripper on the back of it painted on it. And it was an old Starcraft, a 1972 Starcraft. I think it was 17 feet. And I crabbed off that for a long time with my, with my license. My dad bought me my first motor. I got the boat when I was 14. My dad bought me a, a 30 horsepower Mercury motor from my buddy Ricky. And we put that thing on. I had that boat for like five years. And it finally just started leaking so bad. And, and I lost the trailer one day and that was the end of the boat. It sat in the, sat in the yard and never saw water again. And then. Wait, 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 I wait, wait. I don't want to stop you. How did you lose the trailer? I was wondering <laughs> the same thing. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know that story. So please continue. There's this place called Ford Armstead in Baltimore. And, uh, it was a really, really low tide and I backed the trailer in and hopped out and got in the boat like I always do. I'm telling my buddy, and we're running a little bit late, and we were slamming crabs. Like, I'm talking 16, 17 bushels a day, trout lining by 9 o'clock. It was amazing. <laughs> I back it in, and I guess I went too far. <laughs> and my buddy goes to pull it out, and it just stops the truck and everything. And I'm getting mad. Like, I get pretty hot pretty quick when shit doesn't go right, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, pull the fucking truck out. Come on, we got to go. And he put that bitch in four-wheel drive and pulled it out all right. He ripped the trailer right off the fucking truck. <laughs> <laughs> So I called my buddy Mike Henson, who uh he's a commercial crabber up here in Havity Grace, and I was like, Mike, you got a trailer? No, why? I was like, I don't have one anymore. He's like, Well what happened to it? I was like, It's at the bottom of Fort Armstead. <laughs> and uh, he's like, Did you get the tag? I was like, Hell no. I, you know, I'm not getting in that water. He's like, Let me make a phone call. So a guy back in um Bear Creek owned a little marina and he had a trailer. So I went over I drove I went crabbing. I said, Fuck it, went crabbing. Didn't even worry about how I'm going to get home yet. Well, you got a trailer to pay for. You better catch some fucking ground. Yeah. <laughs> so we went, we went and got this trailer. I had my dad come down and pick the trailer up and tow it back over to the uh, boat ramp, load it up. On the way home, the fucking tire falls off the trailer going down 152. <laughs> At the end of the day, my boat got towed back to the house on a, uh, on a rollback and it never saw water again after that. Oh man. <laughs> I was just so mad. See, that's yeah, probably from then, all that sleep deprivation. You got to get some more sleep, dude. <laughs> it won't get yeah, so upset. So it was just, you know, when shit goes wrong, it goes wrong. You guys are from PA. I'm sure you've seen plenty of boats, not in water, with no trailer, just sitting somewhere. Yeah. No, just chilling in someone's what, yard, uh, literally. The spot where Actually, Austin killed his buck back, this year. There is a boat back from ATA with the East Coast boys. We were driving through part of Pennsylvania, and I was like, well, I've seen it fucking all now. It was a duck boat with just a shitty John boat with a makeshift duck blind, right? No trailer dropped off in the woods with, with, uh, as a deer blind. 
<laughs> they, turned their, they turned their John boat that had a duck blind. I started leaking. They said, fuck it, that make a good deer blind right there. Tell you what. They back killed more deer than you did. Probably. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you see some crazy shit in the woods, man. I, I don't spend a lot of time on the water, but you see some crazy shit out in the woods. I mean, I've oh, seen worry, blinds. crazy shit out in the water, too. I bet. Oh, I bet. Nick calls me one night. He calls me, and it's late. It's like 3.30 in the morning. And whenever he's out and I'm not there, I try to keep my phone on because, you know, I where, 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 well, and where we are, I mean, the Susquehanna don't fuck around. Like, you know, people die out there every year. Oh, yeah. Um, so we, we, we always, you know, even when we part ways at the end of the night, let me know when you get home. You know, you know what I mean? It, yeah. We're always just trying to make sure that if anything goes wrong, one of us is there to help, or at least someone else. But he calls me one night, and first thing I'm like, oh, shit, this this isn't good. It's 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 in the morning. He's like, dude, just stay on the phone with me a minute. I'm like, all right, what the fuck's going on? He's like, bro, I don't know. He's like, I'm way back in that skinny-ass fucking creek we looked at on the map. He's like, I'm about out of water, about to get stuck. And I got to turn around. I'm like, all right, sounds like you can handle it. Like, what's going <laughs> on? He's like, dude, I passed these five fucking people dressed in all black wearing white masks just lined up on the side of the creek. What the <laughs> fuck? It was fucking sketchy. And dude, I was like, dude, dude I ain't what? coming with He's you like, guys anymore. Nothing. He's like, all of a sudden, we just noticed these five white faces, white masks, people wearing all black just lined up 10 feet away from the boat on the creek yeah it was uh it was interesting for sure but we got out of there <laughs> <laughs> i think mean, worst come to worst <laughs> let, let, let the bow rip yeah i was <laughs> gonna the, say the, you guys i uh, wonder if maryland's a reciprocal state i can carry over there or not uh, i'm gonna have to look into that before i man we, book any we've trips. been shot at with fireworks uh, i was shooting uh, at, this was one of your pennsylvania boys i'm sure uh this was in pennsylvania and <laughs> muddy creek and no, we don't claim them. Yeah, well, <laughs> I got them boys got me good that night. They scared the living shit out of me. I almost shit. I might have shit myself. <laughs> they got me good. Well, them fucking assholes. There was a kid on board, and they're firing fireworks. Over yeah. there. they were pissed Aww. off about. And you know what? You know, kind of lucky I wasn't there that night. It's a good yeah. thing I wasn't. I'm pretty. I'm very respectful in the water, which <clears throat> not a lot of people are, dude. But we follow. 99.9% of the rules all the time. I don't go blaring past people, making big wakes. You know, if they're in a small boat, I'll slow down or do, you know, go way wide of them. This guy, dude, I turned my lights off on the left side of the boat when we went into the creek because that's, they were having a little party. And, uh, we went back in the creek and fished for, I don't know, an hour. It took us an hour to fish at Muddy Run Creek. We went back as far as we could and turned around and came back out. So I turned the right side off. Well, they weren't really lit up, and he lit that firework, and it blew up like three feet from the boat oh, in the air. Yeah, we would have had problems. It was like a quarter stick of dynamite. It was louder than a gun going off. Yeah, yeah, we would have had problems. Never even saw it coming, too. That's intense, man. That's just not something you fuck around with, man. Kill somebody. <laughs> yeah. That was an instant instant fireball. Whew. Some crazy just stuff. Just hit, hit that. Yeah, just turn that off. I'm... <laughs> Crank that heat down. I'm sweating my <laughs> ass off in here. Holy hell. We're losing layers. Pretty soon we're going to be naked in here. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all, we, 
We also did run up on a sea monster one night. Yeah. We don't even know what it was. a sea monster. Did. Old Nessie. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a mermaid. Uh, <laughs> if mermaids we existed, I'm we, sure we you honestly, guys. <laughs> we honestly have no idea what the fuck we rolled up on. Yeah. Um, it was big. We were in my boat. Your boat must have been getting worked on. We were in my boat. In your boat. Again, checking out a spot we hadn't been to before. April. And we were heading into this little creek that we were in a mud flat, but you could tell probably a mud boat had been running up and down, up and into this creek. And we figured, oh, there's probably duck flying back there or something. We're like, well, if he's got a deep line where he's running his motor in and out, he can run the troll motor back, you know? And uh so we're in this, on this giant, flat heading into this little tiny creek head and literally the second that i pulled the generator cord you know the noise of the generator and then the lights kind of click on we were in about two foot of water two and a half foot of water and something blasted across this flat that it literally looked like a 50 gallon drum under the water the way the wake was rolling over the top of it and it went across this flat. And there's been reports of bull sharks and shit up there. Oh, yeah, they go the water, water The water was so shallow. You know, that's what everybody's like. Oh, it, was a, it, it had to be a bull shark we pushed up. Nah, they, there was no dorsal fin sticking up, and there was no side-to-side thrashing mm-hmm. of the tail. Mermaid. I honestly <laughs> think it was probably a fucking manatee. And... and it's the only thing uh, that I know can go in explosive bursts like that. They're pretty damn big, and too. And would, would have that up and down motion without a dorsal thing. And it would look like um, a 55-gallon drum. Yeah, it would. <laughs> oh, dude, it looked like a 50-gallon drum blasting across this flat under the water. It was too shallow of water for us to try to chase it across, whatever it was. But scared the fuck out of everybody on the front of the boat. I think <laughs> yeah, I bet. Never, we never saw it again. The Loch Ness Monster. Hi, another cool story. Um, this was, this was actually before Nick and I even fished together. I had, uh, some friends out. We were shooting race and didn't realize it, but where my transom bolts were was, was taking in some water and no big deal. Just flip on the, the bilge pump now and again. You know what I mean? And. It happened to be one of the nights where we killed like 70 raids. So they're all not just in the barrels. They're all over the floor. You know, the whole boat is filled with blood. The whole inside of the boat's filled with blood. And my bilge pump stops working. <laughs> and we're, we're, you know, a 40 minute trip from shore to our, or the boat ramp. So luckily I had another bilge pump. So we sit there and we're just floating around in this spot for about 15 minutes while I wire in the new bilge pump. We turn it on. Well, now we got about 15 minutes to pump the boat out. And we're just sitting there kind of floating. Everybody's getting a drink and just kind of chilling, making sure arrows are all good. And the second I fired up the lights, everyone on the top deck just like moved and huddled to the middle. It was like, what the fuck? There was a shark just swimming around my boat in the middle of the night as I'm just pumping this fucking bloody water out. Oh, dude. And who knows how long it was right there next to us and under us because, you know, we're just kind of just chilling, just hanging out on the boat, you know, and 
it wasn't until we fired up the lights that they saw it turn, and then it literally just swam right under the boat and worked its way out of the lights. That's intense, man. Glad I didn't wash my hands off the side, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, no shit, man. <laughs> Holy hell. Oh, man. That's uh, wild. Bad time for a cannonball. God, <laughs> mm. oh, man. That's crazy. That's messed up. Well, we're getting we're getting a little closer to time, but we can go as long as you guys want. But I didn't know if you guys wanted to talk about something very interesting that you've Hit been kind of you've been you kind of throwing it out there on Instagram. You've been kind of putting it out on on social media. Chuck, you know what I'm getting at here. It seems like you're talking about the giveaway. They're it gonna, seems like they're I'm doing. talking about the giveaway. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, what's up with that? What, in the in the book? Yeah. Man. What's the details there? What's going on with that giveaway? So we're gonna we're gonna do a giveaway. It's uh, for a group of four or five. I mean, I'm not gonna be stingy on it. I don't work like that. Uh, four or five, and we got a lot of our sponsors or you know close friends. They're gonna donate some stuff. Outdoor Dreaming is donating a bunch of clothes, a hoodie, a hat, stickers. Nice. And he's just a cool dude. And Phantom's gonna donate a bunch of tips. I'm working with Power Max. I don't know if they're gonna do anything, but probably Gator Grip. Gator Grip will be involved. I guarantee it. We're just gonna go out and have a blast, man. We're gonna go out and have a good time and. Just trying to get the name out there, you know, and we want to give someone working class the the experience that we're trying to provide. So I'm not sure which day that this is coming out there in podcast land, but you have until January 31st to enter. If you go to my page at the Modern Assassin, you can see the post and, and look there and or kind of be redirected over to Nick at Working Class Outdoorsman. You'll see the picture right there on the post and it says giveaway. Just follow the rules. It's pretty simple, nothing elaborate. Tag a couple friends. And, um, yeah, like I said, we're going to get hopefully someone working class out to experience this, uh, world class operation that, you know, the best way I could put it is Nick and I have spent the hours and the money and the aggravation. Lots of notebooks. <laughs> yeah. I have every tie for every day I fished in the last two years and how many fish I killed. That's serious, man. Location. It's that's work. dedication. It's, it, that's it's why work. we consistently kill fish. Like, exactly. I can call Garrett and be like, dude, we got to hit this flat tonight because last year it was the same tide, same everything. It's going to be banging. And yeah. we go and we, we kill it. it yeah. that's, everything in my book is within one or two to three days of one another. It all happens generally every year within three days of Damn, my dude. information on the book. And you only know that by keeping records. Right. It's oh, by, definitely. It's by putting the hours in. It's by keeping the records. It's, it's by going out when you're tired. It's oh, by going out when it may not be the most optimal conditions that you learn all this. And it's by putting in this work. And like I said, even the aggravation, the money and the broken equipment and everything else that we're now confident that we can provide the parts of bow fishing that people enjoy. Oh, yeah. You know, one of the things you asked about, and we, we kind of got off topic with it just because of how awesome the snakeheads are, is the different species. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're shooting um, catfish, especially blue catfish now, football-sized goldfish, gar, carp, of course, you know, uh, mud marlins is, is, is my Nick, thing. Nick is dumb. <laughs> mud marlins. <laughs> the crazy thing is, is and what makes it really cool is we shoot all these fish on different tides and it's just at different times. So like our snakeheads, I'm not going to throw it out there, but nah. we shoot our snakeheads when everybody thinks you can't kill them. 
and we shoot our carp on the low depending tide. on the air. And, and it, it changes. It changes. It, you know, it's it's not the same. It's you, you got to change your strategy to the fish. There's different times of year that different fish are better to go after. There's different times of the night or the tide. And sometimes you get the overlap. Sometimes that you see a little mix of everything, but usually we're targeting. We are we are targeting. Fish. Yeah, we are targeting a species for a reason. But yeah, so that that's the point of the giveaway. Speaking of Gator Grip too, we're actually going to do a giveaway with them every month, which, which will be awesome for for any listeners. Last Gator Grip HD, too. I believe, is is their new page, but. Yeah, man, we we just want to get someone out to experience and kind of give back because it's it's our followers, you know, the people that have given us support through what we've done and through the work of this that we now have the sponsors or the backers that that want to support us and give back too. So we just kind of collaborated together to give this giveaway, and you know, appreciate you all bringing it up and. and sharing it with the listeners of your podcast you know that this is the kind of people that we want to get it out to and hope someone wins it another oh, cool no thing doubt. too is another cool thing is if veterans and and working class people in the fire department the police department i'm going to give them guys a happy discount because we and we ho- and we'll help on the uh hotel accommodation yeah, for for windy warriors veterans police officers firefighters I, I will get the hotel for them guys if they book more than one night that's awesome. Too. That's awesome, and man. And That's they're so going to get a hefty discount, too. Just, you know, my oh, dad yeah. was a firefighter and for 34 years, 34 years, I think. So. It's it's because of those men and women yeah, we get to that do we, we can do. do what we do. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't get to spend our nights fucking off on the boat figuring out what works and what doesn't to then provide this to other people. So if we can give back, you know, we don't just say it. We 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 give it back. Yeah. So, 100% appreciative. Couldn't agree more, man. That's that's awesome. That's so generous. You guys are just you're both good dudes. I know you guys are. But we typically like to ask you guys what your favorite hunting story is, but I want to hear from both of you guys what your favorite bow fishing story is. Hmm. We went through that's quite a, a few. That's a good one. Oh no. <laughs> they told us a few stories, but I don't know mm-hmm. if it was their favorite. That's a good point. It's a good point. I got a good story. I got a good story. Hit me Garrett. with it. Garrett, Garrett think about involved. it. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's nothing like super crazy, but it was cool. We were shooting in this, um, in this back of this mud flat, 30 miles from the boat ramp, and we're shooting the hell out of carp. And Garrett loses an arrow in a carp's head, right? <laughs> and this arrow, I mean, we couldn't catch this fish. Like, we tried for like 20 minutes, and we just couldn't get up to it. So we just abandoned it, went on with our night, and killing a bunch of fish. Two days later, I come back to this cove because I had a right tide and I wanted to shoot snake in. And I go in there and I see this arrow flickering in the water. Like, no. That's, Garrett, that's Garrett's fish. <laughs> and we went over and we shot this fish and it was a giant carp. Like it was a yeah. 30, 30 plus pound carp that broke his arrow off and the son of a bitch was still alive. Still alive. Kicking two days later. And it just looked like a little, it had so much grass on the arrow. I mean, I don't even know how it was swimming. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a fucking narwhal swimming around (laughs) with a face full of weeds. It was. It was, it was was a fat son bitch too. It was as big as a narwhal. Yeah. (laughs) It was, uh, pretty crazy. And then of course the, uh, the, uh, grass carp, that was a pretty good one. Yeah. And I, I guess, I mean, I guess this isn't a crazy story, but one thing people may, may not realize is these snakeheads, being a competitive predatory fish, it's no different than a big buck. 
as far mm-hmm. as locations. Like mm-hmm. I've always put the best buck beds as like in, in the relationship of a neighborhood. Like if money was no object, right? The most badass motherfucker is always going to live in that big mansion on top of all the hills or on the hill with all the bitches. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And it's the same with a buck. The biggest, most badass buck is always going to have the best, safest bed, that mansion on the hill, and he's going to be around all the ladies. You know, he's going to have the best area. And it's the same with these snakeheads and the way they hunt. Mm -hmm. When we take a good one out of an area, we can assure you that there will be another good one in that area. And guaranteed. We've even, uh, they're very, very hard headed. one of the things that we've had help us a lot is switching over to the phantom tips. Oh yeah, for because sure. we were having arrows skip off of their skulls. What? I mean, and and not uncommonly switching to the phantom tips helped that a lot. But you know, there was this big fish. I believe he ended up being eight and a half or nine pounds that we saw and scar scarred an arrow right down the side of his head. And it, you know, you see him swim off because that big scar. And we went back and we saw him again in that same area. Didn't get a shot. He was kind of spooked to the boat. And then it was a few nights later, we went back and we found that same fish with the scar down his head a little bit further up the creek just because it had been a, a much warmer day. And we think he was probably going toward the cooler water. But in that same general area, like, and like I said, you can pull one off the point of a flat every night and they uh, the next the next ones will take that spot because just like a buck the next one is going to fill the void good betting yeah. is good betting man wow exactly i, I never yeah. associated it, that with fish before that's it, it's that's crazy amazing because you know people I don't think realize they're so highly predatory people, right. people don't realize 90 percent of fish live in 10 percent of the water too hmm. you can go a mile on a flat that just looks amazing and not see a snakehead and then all of a sudden you'll come to this spot and you're like, yeah, this looks real good. And it's got 30 or 40 fish on it every night. You can go back there and kill that many fish every night. And it's different vegetation yeah. for vegetation different times in the year, different vegetations on different tides. Like we'll be going across a flat and we may get to a, a particular type of grass and we're like, oh, fuck this. And he'll just drop the big motor and start blowing across it. And then we're like, oh shit, slow down. And when we start to get to a different type of vegetation, you know, and then we'll start killing them again. It, wow. It's funny, like we think it, carp and catfish. That's like it's almost like going out and shooting squirrels and rabbits. Yeah. Like okay. you know, you have to know where they are, but you can kind of stumble into them at the same time. But if you're going to limit out, you got to have an idea and a plan, whatever. But you can just kind of go bumble around and find them, you know, but the snakeheads are like killing deer, like killing, killing a buck. You got to have them figured out. They're not, you, you, you're yeah, not everywhere. It's a, yeah. It's, it's much more difficult, especially to put up the numbers day after day, you know? Yeah, definitely. I guess I can associate that with our stream fishing, small stream or crick fishing, you know, maybe if you're trout fishing or and something, the, you find that one cat- hole and they're just all loaded up in there. You know, the catfish is crazy too because this is the first year we've ever shot blue cats up here. And huh. it was crazy because I called Garrett one night. I'm like, dude, check this fucking fish out. It was like a 44 <laughs> pound blue. And he's like, where'd you shoot that? I'm like, on the fucking river. He's like, no, you didn't. I said, <laughs> you no, didn't. I didn't. 
<laughs> and like a week later, dude, it blew up. Like we were seeing thousands of 20 pound blue cats every night. Over 200, 200 to 250 in the boat a night. Yes. Yeah. That's insane. I yep. was, I was looking on your page and I was seeing a lot of blue cats and I'm like, man, they are crushing blue cats and snakehead and carp. All white one. Um, was it the our real, boy, our boy snake snatcher Sean shot a catfish. We actually did see another one, which is, kind of even crazier and i don't know how many arrows we threw at that motherfucker and he lived but <laughs> sean he killed this white cat that is like pearlescent like it, it shines with the rainbow um it is a it, it's a once in a lifetime fish it was pretty badass don't make them feel any better they missed it like six times too <laughs> i did three circles around that fish but i was on such a big flat it had nowhere to go oh man there it is. i was i, I was it. on my big motor chasing it down <laughs> that's intense, man. Dude, that yeah. thing's almost like translucent. It's it's insane. Yeah, exactly. I, that was the best way for me to describe it, like a translucent white blue cat. That night cost oh. me a prop, too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, worth it. Worth yeah, it. Worth it. Yeah, yeah, from, yeah, my man, man. <laughs> cheers to that. <laughs> worth it. <laughs> worth <laughs> from a, a four-blade to a two-blade. <laughs> <laughs> hey, two blades, that just means you're cutting through the water quicker, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just put it in limp mode. Yeah, we did that once all the way across the uh, the bay one night. Limp mode. Yeah. That was a long... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's awesome, dude. I get myself in a lot of dumb situations. I like to go upriver. Garrett does not like to go upriver. He has a funny story to tell about up there where he almost sunk his boat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, d- dude. I mean, like I said, uh, but I love it. You have to know it. You know, I I actually, there's part of the river that is what you would call, I guess, the bottom of upriver. It's like right where the rocks start. And it's an island that some friends of mine lease. And we camp out there and we usually spend holidays out there camping and fishing and everything. And every holiday, we're telling boats back to the boat ramp because... It's the Susquehanna River, and there's a lot of rocks that are four inches under the water, and yeah, it looks like big open water. Mm-hmm. Nah, it's a minefield out there. Them rocks are um, as big as your house. Oh, oh yeah, and, and I mean, every year we end up having to tow boats in. So I took my boat up there years ago, and they started releasing more water from the dam, and it got to where my trolling motor couldn't keep up, and uh. So I was trying to gracefully guide my boat back down river and I barely, I mean, I didn't even like, I didn't even hit this rock enough to fuck up the paint. It barely rubbed the side of my boat, but where, when it caught the weld at the transom, it peeled the back of my boat like a tin can, just like a two inch hole. Ooh. And he still got a mile and a half to the boat ramp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Balls and out, man. I flipped on my bilge ball. And you can't get on plane. There's no, no getting on plane no, and pulling the drain no. plug and, and surviving. You're, you're either no, going you're, down you're the mercy of the river. Yeah. You better just keep facing the right way so you don't, you know, get spun sideways and hit something, and then you're in real trouble. Oh, no. And Shit. I flipped on the bilge bump, and I can hear it running, and no water's pumping out. I'm like, well, I'm good. Whatever. I couldn't get the boat on the trailer. <laughs> and, and when I finally did and got that sun badge out, well, it was probably because I had about 140 gallons of water in it. <laughs> and the reason my bilge pump wasn't pumping water, it was coming on, 
but it had a small stone in the propeller, so it wasn't pumping water out. Oh, no. You know? So, again, Them you know, things will get you killed. These are, and that's exactly after that's when I started carrying that spare, spare bilge pump on the boat, yeah. you know, and checking, and that, you know, while well, it drew a shark in. But we all survived, you know. But <laughs> yeah. th- this is my point. It's like you Garrett know. used to make fun of me for having a, a three thousand gallon per minute build pump on a sixteen foot boat, but now he knows why. Yeah, yeah, I no mean, shit. We we you know we've uh we've done enough to where we know how to do it right, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and to the point where upriver is an animal. Yeah, it is. He, he and and again, I love there, it. There's not. Very many people that I trust, except for, you know, Nick up there and my one buddy, Ryan. I know that when we're going up in there in them nasty holes to, to rock fish and everything, he knows how to navigate through for, for the most part. But we'll put I fix his boat plenty of times, too. It's jet boat territory only, normally. Yeah. I mean, no, it's shit. if they're only running 5,000, a jet boat can't get up there. <laughs> I'll put it to you that way. And I do it every night. That's intense. Dude. Going going up river is fun. It's not it's not scary. Coming down river, you can't stop a six thousand pound boat instantly to miss the rock. You're hitting it. Yeah. Yeah. You better know where you're going. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Definitely. And you know, when, when we're bow fishing, we'll bounce off rocks all night. Like literally. Oh. Have you guys been bow fishing? Yeah. I've been bow fishing in the sense of having a shitty bow with a shitty bow fishing reel wading through the water shooting. Carp. It's basically. awesome, isn't it? It's so much fun doing that, but that's about the extent of my bowfish. Yeah, I, I've never but, been out ever. You know that that's the point. It's so much fun, and it, it's it's at a level that anyone can do it because again, we're we're gonna put you on the fish. You're gonna have opportunity. Yeah. Um. But if you enjoy fishing and you enjoy hunting, there's nothing cooler than bow fishing. You know, there's so many aspects of it that. I mean, we see deer beside the water all the time. We've seen coyotes, fox. We see all kinds of different things. turtles. Yeah, you know, the the fish that we can't shoot. We see giant bass all over the place. Like we said, we saw a sea monster. A sea monster. You you never know it's going to be in the water. Um, You know, it's a lot of cool shit, like getting to watch these animals at night what they do like it is um and it's kind of funny i always explain it to people is it's almost like your own little personal fishbowl yeah. yeah because everything is pitch black and then your lighted area you can clearly see everything but then you can't really you almost forget the rest of the world is there besides what's in your fishbowl like all the time i'll stop and i'll ask people where did we come from? Which direction do we need to go? They don't have a clue. No one ever has a clue because <laughs> you you just you're living in your little fishbowl for yeah. a while. It, it's almost like that's the only area that exists for a while. Huh. Um, it's a blast, you guys. For real, for 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 sure, gotta come down, <clears throat> dude. Don't threaten us with a good time, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, you just gotta bring be something better in bush light. That's all I ask. I got yeah, you, man. Whatever you want, I'll bring it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. And you know what? I'm going to leave it at that. The only way people are going to find out more is if they book with you or they win this freaking trip, man. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. What about your bookings? What are they looking like for 2020? They're booking. We don't, uh, <laughs> we're booking quick. Yeah, we don't have many weekends left from September to November. That's pretty much locked. 
That's awesome. Uh, we got some weekday trips. And, you know, when we say world-class, it's been world-class because I only have one person from Maryland booked this year. The rest are from out of state, all the way from Texas to Oklahoma. That's, That's insane. And they're all doing two- to three-day trips. It's going to be it's gonna be badass, man. We got some cool people coming aboard, like Garrett said, hopefully Tim Wells and Clint Wells. They both seem really cool. Clint's a pretty cool dude. Um, man, I've been a, a major fan of Tim Wells forever. He's actually um, one of the people that kind of influenced not being completely influenced by sponsors and everything. Real, raw, no sense. bullshit. Raw, real, no bullshit. That's right. <laughs> That's the modern um, assassin credo, man. <laughs> right? Um <laughs> We may have, um, you know, I met Kip Campbell. He's talking about coming up. Oh, uh, nice. Trent Cole right with, with Blitz TV. Did he actually book yet? I think. No, he said he's going to. You know, just, just a lot of really cool people, um, that see we, we can provide the best of the experience of what bow fishing is and, and the fact that we got the licensing and we can share it with other people. You know, that's my big passion in everything I do, I guess. Now, I, I, I haven't really thought about like this, but you think about how much filming I do, how much the photography, the writing, and everything else, it's, it's all my way of conveying the experiences I love and trying to get other people to, to maybe find even a small piece of the excitement and the enjoyment that I get out of it. So... I mean, I really do. When someone gets to shoot their first deer or, or a fish aboard the boat, I mean, I'm usually fucking more jacked than I, they are that I got to give that experience firsthand. So the fact that, you know, not only can we provide that now, but a lot of people are recognizing what we do and what we can provide. Um, you know, it, it, it's pretty humbling and, you know, we're, we're going to head full force into it. But for the bookings we do have left, ain't a lot. But obviously, again, for, for the entry and for any bookings, hit up at Working Class Outdoorsman on Instagram. Talk to Nick directly. He and I are always in contact. We, we, we got the books and making sure we, you know, we got people in the proper time and the proper tides. There, you know, there's a couple weekends that the tides are so off and so bad. We're probably not going to book anyone. Because, yeah, it's a good call. I mean, sure, we we, we, we can go out and kill fish, but it's not going to be that world class experience that we want. Exactly, to it's it's not going to be what we want to provide you, and we we don't want to you know give anyone a, a false representation or or feel like we're taking anyone's money. Now, of course, you got to remember it's fishing. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, same as hunting, you you can't. It's never guaranteed, but. We had, if, if we ain't killing fish, there ain't fish anywhere to be killed that night. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to take your money. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm you can book us guy. for those bad times. A four hour <laughs> trip most of the time turns into an all night trip with me and Garrett on board. Yeah. Okay, unless he's hungry. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, then we're going back to the docks. But if, if it was left to me, we'd be out all night most nights. And if you book, bring food. Yeah. If bring you book food, a trip, yeah. bring food because it's going to probably most likely go past the, Whatever time we tell you it's going to end. Yeah. And I got to give Garrett mad, mad props because my uncle really is the baddest motherfucker that I've ever met in 100%. He, uh, he's 77 this year? He's 79. I think he's 76 right now. 77 this year. And this boat or this dream wouldn't be happening without him and Garrett and myself, but Garrett mostly does everything with him. They hunt together every day. They became pretty pretty good friends over the years, I'd say. 
That's yeah, I, I, really, honestly, really I didn't know. He, I didn't know he wasn't your uncle. Yeah, he's or, not even my real uncle. Um, <laughs> you know, none, none of this. Like, what, what are you saying? None of this would have come together if it wasn't for Louie helping front and and push it along to make the dream happen. And like I said, I didn't even know it was wasn't Nick's uncle for several years. Um, but he's a great dude. I tell you what, I got to get him on the podcast for some of his hunting stories. Yeah, he he, yeah. Has I mean, the best. he will shoot fish every night, all yep. night, every night. That's and he awesome. goes home and he won't walk all the next day because his legs so swelled up. I guess what? Right. 7.30 rolls around. He's back at the boat ramp to go fishing. Worth it. Beautiful. Yeah. Worth yeah. it. Worth biggest, it. Uh, the biggest church man you'll ever meet. The guy just yeah. does so much for so many people. And uh, he has one kid of his own, and then he has raised like three or four other people. It, he's just a great dude. That's, that's a awesome, mountain man. man. And he was a firefighter man. with my father. That's I've known him since I was a little kid, and that's why I call him my uncle. Cause yeah. Oh, when, yeah. My dad, when my dad quit hunting, I continued to hunt with Louie. And Louie moved to West Virginia, and I would go down to hunt with Louie in West Virginia. I would think I shot my first deer off of his deck <laughs> in West Virginia. Sounds like I West shot, Virginia. Like, four deer that night. Well, that is a good natural uh, swing of this pod uh, of our podcast to while we have Garrett on. You know, I know we talked about mostly what you guys got going on as the working class outdoorsmen. But, you know, it'd be a sin if we didn't prelude another episode to bring Garrett on again and talk about his new podcast he just started, Kills It Podcast. Uh, that you got, you got six episodes out. They're badass. The best part I think about your podcast, man, is that you can go on YouTube and watch and you have clips built in and just everything that we've talked about would be badass to do. You're doing it and it's amazing. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. For Hell real. yeah, dude. Um, you know, I'm a fan of your guys' podcast. You, and I don't know if I've actually said this to you guys or said this on a podcast, but your guys' intro is one of the most <laughs> professional and, like, I don't – dude, I fucking love it. Like, your guys' intro is dope as fuck, like, for real. That I don't know who did it, who produced it, but that shit's legit. I love it. Dude, you um, can thank Bush Light for that intro because yeah. there was a lot of it flowing. <laughs> I, not, dude, for real, I, I dig that a lot. Um, You know, and I've listened to a lot of your guys' episodes, and, you know, a lot of your guests are mutual friends and everything. And, yeah. I, I mean, you guys have done podcasts with me and you've done this one. And, you know, before the podcast, I even warn you, like, hey, if you need to bring me back to a topic, don't don't be afraid to hit the brakes and reel me back in because I don't know where I'm going to go. No, and I love letting you that, freaking flow, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Let it roll. That's, what I, that's just kind of what I do, you know, and, <laughs> and that's kind of what the Kills It platform is, is I just want to talk to men and women that kill it at their craft and, um, See where it goes, you know. Uh, it's basically like if if we were to meet at the bar, you know. I, I see, as I see, you got a camo hat on, whatever. You you got a working class outdoorsman shirt, so you're a bad motherfucker, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But roll up and we start talking about hunting or fishing. You know what I mean? Within a few minutes, sure, that's our common connection. But as we're talking, we're gonna. Hey, what do you do for work? Oh, no shit, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you traveled there, but you, you know, you never know where the conversation's going to go. So that's just kind of how I want my uh, podcast platform to be. Yeah, man. I yeah, love man. that. And even better than that, you know, you came up with an idea for 
a camera arm out of a saddle that works better than anything out there. Uh, by We're far, build in the power plant this year. <laughs> Are you really? You, I'm going to build a tower. Dude, we you have to. Yeah, we think we're going to build a film tower to yep. just try to get even better content and footage used That's in the reach. Awesome. We, we should have had so many badass footage this year, and we just we needed to slow down, and we didn't. We just kept pushing and pushing, <laughs> but we could have had the best content that anybody's ever seen. That's yeah. killer. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. The reach camera arm, we've shouted it out here before. I have one. I've never seen anything like it. It makes mobile hunting and mobile recording actually doable for me, which nothing else has. 100%. I can attest to it, too. I mean, I used it filming Charles on a couple hunts this year, and just being in the saddle and and using it, being able to swing that thing under your bridge, it's not happening with a normal camera arm. You no. throw that reach on the tree, it's it's everything's possible. But dude, the packability. Yeah. That's what gets me. You know, I put that thing in my side pocket on my on my backpack and I go. And it doesn't weigh me down. It doesn't take up a ton of room in my backpack. That was my problem with the old arms and the big bulky just whatever they used to strap it to the tree. You know, the base was huge on everything else and I I couldn't I couldn't stand it. So I just didn't bring the camera. You know, I spent all this money on a camera and I was like, well, what am I supposed to do with it? I don't want to bring this shit in the woods and add 15 pounds to my, to my pack every time I go out. So, I mean, you're weighing in at three pounds on that thing and it's just amazing. We need to get in depth on it. I know you got a ton going on, Garrett. And I know that I'm, I'm guessing by the time we bring you back on, there's going to be like, I don't even know, a dozen more things probably out there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah there, there's more shit in the works for sure. You know that. But yeah. um, I really appreciate that, dude. And, you know, everything, I, I, I think you touched on just about every point of why I created the Reach. You yeah. know, most of them were either they were too heavy or they just took up, if it wasn't heavy, it was too bulky mm-hmm. or the setup, it just didn't have a versatility to it. You know, there was just so many different aspects that, you know, that's why a lot of people give up self-filming is, is the equipment that the, the amount it takes to carry in, the amount it takes to set up and then to have something that actually gives you decent quality. It's hard. Yeah. It was difficult. So, you know, I appreciate it. I spent a lot of time on it. I'm glad you guys got to put it to use. And yeah, I think you, you touched on about everything and, um, yeah, man. Dude, I can't wait to, yeah, it's, it's been a while since I was on with you guys. It was actually before the reach came out that I was last on That's here. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah, I'm definitely game to jump back on and, and, and do it again. Awesome. Man. I think we need to, man. They're always fun episodes too. They're always a good time. And I'm, you know what? I think we, uh, we were worried about Nick, but I'll be honest. I think Nick held his own on this episode. He did. We broke the cherry, but he, he man, too. a little bit. <laughs> you, you did good. You, you, you were gentle popping that podcast. Chair. Yeah, man. Yeah, I like it. We're, I like we're it. Kind. Once, once, once I get comfortable, I'm good. But I'm not going to lie. I was, I was prancing around the, <laughs> the living room and everything. Like, 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 Come here, drink a beer. beer. Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you put me on that boat. I'm in my element. But this the, the shit that Garrett does, man, it's funny. I got a really good stuff. Uh-oh. Oh, here we go. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Fish Hunt Maryland is uh, somebody that I work with, and they're a great group, and they promote guides and outfitters in Maryland and, and just do all the hunting and fishing side that Maryland has to offer. But anyway, so they hit us up. This this guy, Don Golf, hit us up. He's like, hey, man, I, I'm taking Fish Hunt Maryland out on a, a yacht trip, and we're going to fish during the day. They want to boat fish in the evening. I'm like, all right. 
So it was like seven or eight people or something. I'm like, well, we're going to have to use Garrett's boat because I could only shoot four on my boat at the time because it was a, a deep V. So she got wobbly. You know, you put five people in there. It was like a, a tanker ship just going side to side. You know? <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, it was sketchy some nights, but, um, anyway, so I got it lined up with Garrett and I didn't tell him any of the details, you know, but he had to do an interview and I volunteered Garrett to do the interview. And you know how Garrett is. He's real raw, no bullshit. He's going to cuss. He's going to say what the fuck he wants to say. Well, oh, yeah. They hand him a, they hand him a fucking piece of paper and they say, you got to follow the script. <laughs> it was, and he looked at me, he looked at me like he wanted to kill me that night. And I was just sitting there laughing my ass off. I sat back by the truck and just watched him do his little video promo for the uh, Fish Hunt Maryland website. I had no clue what they were talking about. She, I mean, they're doing that. Well, it started off. They couldn't, they didn't catch any fish in the yeah. kayak part. Yeah. So they, they hit us up and they're like, look, we had this big thing set up with Huntfish Maryland and DNR to get snakeheads and we're at a last resort. Can you guys help us find snakeheads? And they're like, we ain't, we think so. We ain't ever been after them this time of year, but. You know, and they, they wanted to go out to a specific spot. We said, well, do you want to go for a boat ride or kill snakeheads? Because if we go there, we're going for a boat ride. If you want to kill snakeheads, you're coming to where we tell you. And, yeah, I'm sitting there watching them film and do their thing and, you know, <laughs> filming for their promo and commercial. And I'm just, you know, sitting on my boat waiting for them to do their thing. And, and she comes down and she looks at me and she's like, okay, so... They're going to walk down the dock. The cameraman's going to follow them. They're going to come up. They're going to say their part, and then you're going to read your lines. All I had to do was help them on the boat. I had it all figured out. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, read my lines? She's like, yeah, from the script. And I looked at him. Like, he's, like, he's like, yeah, I told him you do all the talking. And he patted me on the shoulder and walked away. I was like, this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. I, so I straight told her, no, for real, I was like, Look, if you want me to say some shit, I'll say some shit, but I'm not reading a script. And she literally looked at me and was like, uh, okay, but can you not say shit? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I could do that. I got this. <laughs> but he got me good. He didn't tell me anything about what was going on, that they were filming. He wouldn't have done they, it. They, yeah, right. I, yeah. He wouldn't have done it. He he told me it was more for DNR. And I'm like, you know what? I'm all about helping out DNR. Let's do it. Yeah. Yep. Sneaky son bitch. I'll get you back with something. One day he'll get me back. But yeah, so it was I just I don't know, man. I d I don't I have a hard time talking about it. We have fun. Yeah. That's right. Um we got the safety thing figured out. We got the equipment thing figured out. We like to have fun and we think anybody that comes with us is gonna have a safe, fun trip. Yeah. I mean, and going back to what we talked about before, you wanted to explain a trip. I mean, me and Garrett have talked mm -hmm. and you get a lot of guides that I've seen and heard of and talked about. There's some in Maryland particularly that do things the wrong way and don't treat their clients the way they should. And, um, you know, we're going to start it out. We're going to get on the boat. We're going to have a little safety meeting kind of thing. And we might even make a little, uh, a, a little soundtrack and it's going to be Garrett in the front of the boat, like a, one of the airplane people. I've had this idea. Yeah. You know how when you get on the airplane, <laughs> the stewardess sits there and shows you like what light like, jacket. Yeah. I'm going to make some silly dumb shit for it. You just wait. Yeah. It's going to be funny. But so we talked about it and nobody really takes their people out and lets them shoot at something under the water. So we're going to build a target and we're going to take you out half hour before we even start to shoot. We're going to let you shoot an underwater target. That's where the fish are going to be for that night that we think. And 
that's why we kill a lot of fish. I mean, that's a good well, idea. I had a lot of people on board this year that never even shot a bow or never even thought about bow fishing. They're and the killed best, numbers. They're the best shooters. They're believe easy it to or teach. not, believe it or not, the best shooters are those who have never shot a bow. Really? And that's because yep. they are the easiest for us to train. If you've ever shot a recurve, you are used to drawing that bow back and hitting what you are looking at. Right. And that's right. not how bow fishing works because that fish is not where you see it. Yep. Yeah. With the refraction of water. So it's very hard to take a person that is trained instinctively and learned how to look at a target and hit it. You know, you tell someone that never shot, aim lower on the next one. They're going to do it. That's just how they do it. And they've now trained their brain to that. Hmm. So it's kind of funny that, you know, people that have never shot a bow should not be discouraged. We will teach you how to do it. Um, we'll teach you how to do it safely. We'll give you the right equipment. We can set the equipment up for you. And like I said, they're usually the best shooters. So and you know, we don't want gonna, anyone to shy away. We're going to put you in front of a lot of fish. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. I guarantee it. I may have had five nights all this year that we didn't kill a lot of fish. Like we just had shitty nights. And that's going to happen because our river is so dependent on Pennsylvania and New York. If you guys have bad weather in, in a week, we're screwed for a week. We got to go find something else. And that's what really drove me this year. Knowing I was going to do this scout. to be a guide, I went every night and tried something different. So I knew I had a backup plan. I went all the way to the eastern shore side. I shot creeks when the river was chocolate milk, but I was shooting crystal clear water. And nobody else was bow fishing but me. I will go out if the wind's blowing 25 miles an hour because I know where I can go and I got the boat that will get me there. That's you know? a beautiful there's, thing. There's man. not many nights that we're not going to go because yeah. we figured it out that well this year so yeah. austin stepped out for a second he had a pee break but um, they were talking about how <laughs> you know when they go into it they actually put a target under the water and they practice beforehand which i think is absolutely oh that's so decent freaking genius yeah, man but because you already got the confidence of the archer at that point if they know they can hit that target they know they're going to hit a fish so they're right. not you're yeah, not going to get so upset right away a lot of people get frustrated and oh, bo yeah. bottom line is i mean People are always skeptical of guides because everybody's heard about a bad guide score story. They just want your money. They take you out. They just kind of put the boat around and whether it be fishing, duck hunting, whatever, everyone's heard a bad story of a guide service where they felt like they got taken. And we want you to experience it. I mean, we've got people to love and experience this before we were a guide service. We just, you know, found out that we have a knack for it, so we're 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 gonna make it something lucrative for us. We kind of be silly not to. Absolutely, we want you to have the experience. We are going to take the time to teach you. We are going to if we got to switch up bows because we notice something in your shooting style or the way you use or don't use a reel properly or improperly. We're gonna switch it. You know that's part of my job. Is while while Nick captain in the boat, I'm taking the individual care of the individuals because we want everyone, anyone that comes aboard, we hope they come back. I mean, absolutely. bottom line, we're hoping you have that, that experience of a lifetime that Nick had that went from, he missed 98 fish and killed one. That was six inches long to then having <laughs> the most badass boat on the East coast. That is killer, man. This yeah. literally happened all in three years too. Yeah. It, it was ridiculous. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. But, that, um, it just proves it, man. You put enough time and effort into something that you love and, you know, you can really get it done and 
it's funny because I've compared everything you've said pretty much to hunting at this point because that's what I can relate to. And probably a lot of these we people are listening. Fish, essentially. Exactly. Yeah, 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 we are. yeah, absolutely. And you have to have that obsessive, almost just, uh, it's got to be inside of you. You know what I mean? You have to be addicted to it in a way. Um, sometimes it's unhealthy, but that's the drive you need. <laughs> I was going to say, Nick's lost a couple relationships. My one buddy lost two jobs in one summer because of killing Ray. Oh um, let, let me say it, it again. It, Worth it. <laughs> 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 Cheers to have they been uh, almost fired from the railroad at least a dozen times. Oh. <laughs> and you know, I have a great job on the railroad, but yeah, but I can appreciate that, man. Dude, that's how I am. That's how I get. You know, that's why we do this to get some of that, uh, some Working of that itch. Class. You know, yep. that's that's what we can appreciate. That that's why we love have. you, boys, and that's why we had to have you on. I you thank know. you guys for real and and yeah, dude. for real. Let's get back on and do another episode. You know, hell yeah, you know, man. I can always talk some more, <laughs> dude. You're always welcome whenever you want to come on. But yeah, you know, for real, we'll set something up soon. Absolutely, man. We covered some cool ass topics tonight. I mean, you guys great got a great stories. great stories. You guys got a great business going on. Tell everybody where they can find you, both of you guys. Working class outdoorsman on Instagram. Right. Working on a Facebook page now. I'm not a I'm not a big Facebook fan. Like I've never even been a fan of social media, period. Working class outdoors was started what a year ago? Yeah, a little over maybe a little over a year ago. Well, yeah, as far as the bow fishing, I yeah. mean a lot of people don't know. It's uh Nick I was his, a big, big deer hunter. Yeah. And a lot of massive deer and bow fishing ruined everything. <laughs> and he used to, you know, fish tournaments and used to be into goose calling competition. So him and another guy from the railroad had had gone by the working class outdoorsmen for their, you know, their uh, fishing team and and just the deer hunting stuff they shared and the goose calling competitions. But uh, you know, everything got kind of revamped once this once this boat got built. And um, yeah, I've only killed two deer this year and all boat fishing. Know what I killed last year? Though. I actually but, meant I to... went from a guy yeah that shot twenty plus deer a year. Yeah, I and meant I to ask that, farms. dude. And I, I just had good farms. Yeah, but, didn't want to didn't want to interrupt, but I was like meaning to know if you did anything else because it seems like this took over your life. All. I've done it all. I'm not to an extent that Garrett doesn't anymore because Garrett just takes shit to the next level. Everything yeah. he fucking does. But uh, <laughs> I never been it. I never been into the filming thing, and Garrett kind of got me into that a little bit this year. And like like we said earlier, we should have had a lot more stuff, but a lot of the footage that you've seen on Instagram is literally from my fucking cell phone. That's killer, <laughs> like, that's insane. No joke, Garrett's got a lot of good footage that we still got to go through, and I got a lot of good friends that do some badass video audits, and yeah, it's been cool. But I got into the video on this year a little bit. I, I really get an enjoyment out of that, and it's like well, you were talking about giving this to somebody else to do. Me and Garrett will look at a fish and be like, nah, you shoot it. Nah, you shoot it. I can't tell you. I can't tell you how many times we do that a night. I'm dead serious. We'll just look at each other. You want it? Now you shoot it. Let me get my phone out. Yeah, let me, let me get my phone out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, that's the fun of it, man. That is freaking awesome. I can't wait to come see you guys. <laughs> yeah, well, you need to book, you need to talk to Garrett. He's got the calendar. Well, yeah. Get your but, stuff booked now because we're running out of days. And, and like you said, to, to enter the giveaway or to book a trip, hit up uh, at Working Class Outdoorsman. Make sure you do um, the uh, Gator Gear. Yeah, there's too. Gator Grip yep. giveaway as well. And then uh anybody that wants to look up my shit, 
at the Modern Assassin. And then, as you mentioned before, and I appreciate, um, I've launched the Kills It podcast. I've got six episodes up, something a little different, something I'm having a lot of fun with. And, um, you know, going to have to get you guys on that platform someday, too. Beautiful. Oh, boy. Well, let's do it, man. Let's do it. loose a little bit. Better have some stories. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We got plenty of those, man. (laughs) That's right. All right, boys. Well, thank you again. I appreciate your time coming on and and sharing everything with us and, you know, giving us a little bit of information that I don't think we (laughs) would have gotten anywhere else. So we we definitely appreciate you, boys. Oh, yeah. Thank you, fellas. Thank you for having us. Kill some shit. Follow Cody Kelly, Chris Ashley, and Keith Burgess as they show what hunting is like in small towns across America. Tune into Small Town Hunting, Wednesdays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.